Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Happy Sunday, everyone. We're starting a new month out. We're going to be talking about the idea of authentic power. And I've chosen Brene Brown's book called Rising Strong. And we're going to to get to that in a minute. But it occurred to me, sometimes we don't really have a good idea of what we mean by something like authentic power. If you think about the word power itself, it can mean all kinds of different things. There's positional power that just by the title of Um, You know, you're a senator or something. You have a certain amount of power that comes with the title. When we think of people who are powerful in sports, we think maybe of of physical might and a stick-to-itiveness that represent power. Gosh, we just heard a very powerful performance of musicians, which means something slightly different as well. And so I wanted to talk more particularly about what we're covering this month in terms of authentic power. I think it, it, it... it bears us to take a look at that. And, uh, and I actually found an interesting quote from Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind. This is from his book, Thoughts or Things, and he particularly addresses the idea of what in Science of Mind is meant by authentic power. He says, you know that there is a God power at the center of everyone's being, a truly authentic power that knows neither lack, limitation, nor fear, sickness, disquiet, nor imperfection. But because you are an individual, you may build a wall of negative thoughts between yourself and that power. The wall which keeps you from your greater good is built of mental blocks cemented together by fear and disbelief mixed in the mortar of negative experience. Know, however, it is not necessary that impoverishment and pain must accompany you in your experience through this life. And so this month is going to be a reminder, I think, of what we can do about some of these mental blocks, some of these things that keep us literally from recognizing that we're powerful beings and then acting upon that empowerment. And, uh, and I think we're going to have a little fun. Uh, this month includes the idea of double dog daring one another, uh, maybe to be and to do a little more than we are already. But I, I will get to there. So the the- first of all, the thesis of the book, the book is titled Rising Strong, and it proposes an interesting thesis. And that simply is that if we are going to be brave enough, if we are going to be vulnerable enough, if we are going to be risk-taking enough to experience newness, we will also, by definition, express some falling down, some failure from the get-go. And, and that is the thesis here. If we want to grow, we have to also be open to making mistakes. We have to be open to the idea that every one of our adventures may not have a happy ending and that we can be okay with that. We can literally see new ways of being as, a, as not a, a failing or a winning but rather just something that is in our process of becoming, in our process of physical, spiritual, and mental growth. 
So that's our thesis this month. And uh, I want to skip back, though, to Ernest Holmes for a moment, though. So when he talks about some of these things that stand in the way of us experiencing our authentic power, he talks about the fear of getting it wrong, the fear of failure. He talks about the fear of responsibility. And he talks about the idea of uh, maybe being nervous about how we'll be perceived by other people. And so I want to take uh, just a little time talking about those because I think those do represent mental blocks, things that keep us maybe from striving in areas um, that we would like to try out. So the first one, fear of getting it wrong, fear of getting it failure, that's at the heart of Brene Brown. She basically says, if we want to make progress, we have to be open to the occasional failure, the occasional time when we're going to fall flat on our face. You know, I like to think about this, though, in a way, sort of as uh, in childhood. And I, uh, you know, for a number of years uh, was the director of, of youth church when we were at the old building. And I would watch a curious thing. When children were very young, they would try anything. They had that childlike belief that win or lose, well, they didn't even think about win or lose. It was just, I'm all in. Count me in. I've never played Twister before. We'll give it a go, right? I've never played checkers before. How does it work, right? You just explain something. We're all in. We'll give it a try. Sometimes we fall down. Sometimes we're ridiculous. Sometimes things work out great. Sometimes not. But I'm all in. Let's not worry about it. We'll, we'll figure it out later if things didn't go according to plan. But then what I notice when children get a little bit older, once they've had a little more experience of the world, experience of different people, maybe beyond their own homes, some, especially some experience out in school and whatnot, you bring out something new to someone who's like in fifth grade, and already they're with the questions. Well, how's this supposed to work? How's this supposed to look when I'm finished? Do you have a picture of the puzzle when it's completed? What happens if I play the game this way? Already they're in the thought of there's success and there's failure here, even as I'm approaching something brand new, and I want to make sure that I'm on the side of success. And then, of course, by the time we get to adulthood, oh my gosh, have we put the brakes on trying new things, right? How many people here actually would consider themselves a risk taker? Exactly. No, exactly. In fact, in the first service, only one extremely lonely person <laughs> raised, raised their hand, you know? We have a few more risk takers here. And the reason is why. It's those things I talked about, those mental blocks. We're not able to see things anymore as an adventure. We're afraid of making a mistake. We're afraid of how other people will judge us. We have a sense of limitation. Maybe we don't even want to show ourselves up. What if I'm not good at that thing? What if that is harder than I thought it would be, right? I'm not even going to allow myself the chance to practice at something and, and try it out for fear I will be judged poorly or I will not measure up, my, up to my own expectations. So what happens if we don't take any risks? Well, I have good news and I have bad news. And they're both the same news. The news is you can expect your life to be exactly the way it is. 
We literally only make progress in life, things only change when we're willing to take some risks. Now, I'm not here to suggest we take bizarre risks, right? But how many times have you shut down a new idea simply because you viewed it as a little out of your comfort zone? As something that, well, maybe I'd be good at that, but maybe I'd be a failure at that. What if I spent $400 on that course and only at the end of it discovered I was miserable at that? Or, or what if, right? All those what ifs we play and, uh, and we cut it off at some point because we have a sense that I'm not good enough to pull that off or it might be difficult or it might consume resources. I'm here to tell you, if we don't take risks, I really hope you like the way life is exactly as it is now. Now, how many people are, and I bet there will be a few, how many people are absolutely happy with their lives exactly as they are now? Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, so we have risk-adverse people and we have people that are not entirely satisfied with their lives exactly the way they are. Do you see why we're here today together? <laughs> so bless you all. You're in the right place at the right time. And through this month, my goal, by the end of this month, my goal is we will feel better about taking some risks in order to get more good out of life. Are we fair? Does that make sense? Okay, so where can we begin? Well, Brene Brown pretty much says the place to begin is vulnerability. It's a willingness to see ourselves no longer as a success or a failure, but to see ourselves as open-hearted and in the middle of a process. So by open-hearted, she means I'm going to give things a try because I know the universe is for me, largely, as opposed to against me, largely. Now, I want to talk about this, though, for a minute. I'd, I would be foolish to suggest the world is easily divided into two camps on this. I mean, I do see some people that are very open-hearted, willing to take risks in some areas of their lives, but not in others. So I know that this isn't a, you know, an either or, a, a binary kind of situation, but I would suggest that probably people generally fall into the camp of the universe is a welcoming place. It backs up what I want to do. Sure, there are misfortunes along the way now and then, but by and large, the universe is for me rather than against me. And then I would suggest there are those people by and large, not all the time, not in every area of their lives, view the world as being not a safe place, a place where there's a lot of victimization, where there's a lot of trouble, a lot of, uh, of, of angst going on. So I'm going to challenge those of you that fall into camp number two. This, this month will be the most difficult, perhaps, for you folks, but still worth making that change. And we'll, we'll talk some more about that. Here's where we can take small steps. Here's where we can take risks that are likely to actually have a payoff as we, we build our training wheels at starting to see the world uh, with the glass half full instead of half empty. But we'll, we'll, we'll take that one a little slow as the month goes by. If you happen to be one of those folks that tends to see the world as a hostile place. Fair enough? Okay. 
So how do we get to this idea of vulnerability? The first thing is, and gosh, it goes right back to that idea of, uh, of youth church, is to be fearless in just trying things out. To not see things so much as success or failure, but rather with the idea of simply trying things out. The idea, of course, that Brene Brown says is not only do we try things out we're unfamiliar with, but we recognize up front that sometimes we won't be good at it. That sometimes, despite our best efforts, we may look foolish. We, we may come up with an answer that's incorrect. Uh, something bad may happen, but, but it's willing to take the risk because more often than not, there will be a measure of success. More often than not, there will be positive growth, good things from it. So it's almost kind of like uh, recognizing in our lives that there's a probability, if you will, of failure, but oh my gosh, the greater probability over time, if I try enough new things, I will find some things that really knock my socks off. But if because of the fear of one or two things going wrong, I don't try anything, then nothing changes. So this is that idea of vulnerability. I'm okay with maybe trying a new friendship out. I'm okay with maybe trying a, a new business out. I think of it as a not a do or die, right? So that's what tends to happen. We try to elevate our choices to where uh, somehow we view it as a do or die situation. Well, if this doesn't work out, I'll just be devastated. We, we kind of play out the grand opera of making our choices and new ventures, when if we look at it with a little bit more of a lighthearted aspect of giving it a try, you know, still putting my all into it, but recognizing it may be for me or it may not be for me, but I am worth the effort. And here's the, one of the keys is, do you feel that you are worth the effort? Because I got to tell you, it's going to be difficult when you find a spot of failure or loss in your life to move through it if you think that's what you deserve. So keep in mind, part of this is recognizing, yes, I'm absolutely worth the idea of the adventure, of trying new things, of knowing that occasionally I will fail, even in the midst of more often than not having outrageous and wonderful success. So, for those of you who are risk adverse, which is everybody but like three people, um, when was the last time you tried out something brand new? Think in your own mind of a time that you tried out something brand new and think about whether it felt overall successful or less than successful. I want you just to explore those feelings for a minute. So, so take yourself back to a time when you tried something you new, something you were unfamiliar with, uh, maybe a new job, a new boss, maybe a new relationship, something you tried that felt a little edgy, uh, a little pushing your, your risk boundaries, your comfort zone, and then replay the emotion, if you would, of, of how that felt. Whether it's positive or negative, doesn't matter for this exercise. Just kind of feel that sensation this is as good or as bad as it gets. You didn't die. You also weren't crowned, you know, 
prince of anything, right? <laughs> it, it was just something that happened, right? Now you see the difference. A lot of times in our minds, the idea of trying something new is so overwhelming that we just don't even give it a try. But you've now experienced, some of you experienced a situation that was not pleasant, (laughs) and some of you experienced a situation that was very pleasant. This is as bad and as good as it gets, right? It just was what it was. No one died, but also no one, you know, found nirvana probably either. And that's okay. It was trying something new. So first of all, I want to remind you, next time, and you can already feel the homework coming your way, I'm sure, right? Because I'm like that. Next time you find yourself in a position of being tempted to do something or not to do something, right? Uh, whether it's uh, going out on a, on a date for the first time in a long time, or whether it's uh, applying for a job that you think is maybe a little out of your comfort zone, no matter what it is, I want you to say to yourself, well, what's the best and the worst that can happen? I want you to reassure yourself, whatever happens will just be a thing that happens. It won't make you into a good person. It won't make you into a bad person. It won't devastate your life, and it also won't be a savior in your life. It'll just be a thing. And then I want you to ask yourself, do I deserve to give this a chance? Am I willing to explore my greatness even if something turns out to not be ideal? Am I worth that to myself? I think this will help you make different decisions. That would be my thought. And if you should come up against a brick wall and you say to yourself, no, I don't think I'm worthy of taking this chance. Oh my gosh. Really? It's like, call somebody. From where I stand every Sunday, everyone in this room is worth outrageous success. Everyone in this room is worth the true love of their lives. Everyone in this room is worth a career or a way of being that is so suitable and so uplifting to you. Everyone in this room is worthy of the full keys to the kingdom. And if you're feeling any less than that, please see someone. Call a practitioner. Call me. Find someone to be in prayer for you. This, uh, this more than anything else this month, if we are to exercise our authentic power, as Ernest Holmes described it, that pure transmission of God-like power, if we're to experience even a little bit of that, we have to know that we're worthy of it. We have to know that it's for us to use, that it's literally given through Spirit, through God, to us, and to not use it is a disappointment. To not use it is not allowing God to be as fully at work in the world as God might be. So a few more words on the idea of vulnerability. How can we become more vulnerable? Well, we talked a little bit about risk-taking. And I want to suggest, uh, back to childhood again, when was the last time you were double-dog dared to do something? And let me explain that for a minute. I think when I was was seven, the idea of double-dog daring came into vogue. Some of you may have missed it. You may be too young or too old. Uh, But I still remember, we were kind of a little pack of 
of mostly good hooligans when I was a child. I, I lived in Newport, Oregon, and a very safe little coastal town, and there was basically only one rule. You know, you can play all day in the summer. Don't cross the highway. There was like 101 was the main highway. And other than that, you know, have fun. And oh my gosh, we used to double dog dare each other to jump over logs and, you know, how high can you climb in the tree? And, and some of them were social experiments. Like I double dog dare you to go over to Mr. Wilson's house, ring the doorbell, and strike up a conversation, right? Because Mr. Wilson was perceived as, you know, kind of a, a rough, grumpy old guy, right? So some of them were social experiments, some of them were communication issues. But what I know about the double dog dares is they moved us forward. We became more clear about what we could do, what we weren't supposed to do. We were more clear that, that people, certainly in our neighborhood, weren't dangerous, right? That even people who appeared to be grumpy or different than us could, you know, I can ring their doorbell, <laughs> nothing bad will happen. <laughs> I want to suggest maybe it's time to bring back the double dog dares. Maybe what you need and it doesn't even have to be another person, because I think we can challenge ourselves. But what are you afraid to do that might move you forward? What, what difficulties do you have in social situations? What, what difficulties or areas of lacks or perceived limitations do you have in the business world? Where in your life are you putting on the brakes because you're a little fearful of what might happen? that you might fail or that something may go wrong. A neighbor might think you're doing things that are inappropriate, right? All of the little fears and little things that seek us from our greatness. Let us double dog dare ourselves in that true lighthearted spirit of why not give this a try? Why not give this a try? Vulnerability is the key. I want to read something that Brene Brown talks about it, though. She talks about the physics of vulnerability, and here's what she says. Vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen, even when we have no sure control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not a weakness. It's our greatest measure of courage. Are you used to thinking of vulnerability as being a strength? See, I don't think so. I think I was raised with the idea of vulnerability meant I was too soft. Actually, the reverse is true. Vulnerability, that ability to take a risk, even when the outcome is not assured, that is how we grow. If we don't take a risk, if we're not vulnerable, we get simply more of the same. Last word on vulnerability. We ask ourselves, here's how I, well, here's how I double dog dare myself. I ask myself, am I not worth taking this risk? There's something here that I want to be different, whether it's a job that pays more, whether it's a relationship that will be more loving, uh, whether it's a car that I'm not sure how I'm going to pay for, right? There's something that I want, some good experience I want to have. Am I not worth this experience? So that's part of the first double dare. Am I not worth having this? 
Is there something in me that thinks poorly enough about myself that I shouldn't have this new job? And, and, and if the answer comes up, well, maybe, then I need to do some work. But that's a good knowledge. It's good to know that something in my heart says I'm not worthy of this. And I can take that on as a project. The second question I ask is, am I not trying this with an open heart? And here we are with the vulnerability aspect of it. Do I really think I have to be perfect at something out of the get-go? See, that's where those kids that I observed, uh, it was really sad to see them go from being so open-hearted and willing to try things as young children to being more cautious, even though there wasn't anything, there really weren't any difference in the stakes, right? So uh, that would be my question. Are you worth it enough that you'll be open-hearted about this? You'll be vulnerable. You'll be okay with some interim failure. I'm still going to give it my all, but much in the way that Thomas Edison was at 385 different filaments he tried before, right? Uh, I think I would have given up at number 62, maybe 63, after a month or two of trying different filaments to create an electric, electric light bulb. Somewhere, I don't think I would have gotten to 385 or whatever it was. He thought he was worth it. He thought that this idea he had was worth giving it not only his all, but a willingness to fail time after time after time. But see, I don't think he thought of it as failure. I think he simply thought of it as the process on the path to greatness. And so here's the last little bit of suggestion I have for you. If you're worried about failure, if you're worried about not being good enough at something that you might want to try, some risk you might take, let us reframe the idea of failure. Maybe you will have to make seven new friends before you come up with a best friend. Maybe you will have to interview for six jobs before the seventh one is the fabulous job of your dreams. Does this make sense? And so therefore, let's not be disheartened when the first job application, they don't even write back to you, right? It happens. It's not a reflection of who you are. It's a reflection of who they are. So we begin thinking of our lives as an iterative process, always moving forward. And if we fall, we get up. It's no big deal. I tried something new likely it wouldn't go perfect the right time. Well, I'm going to close with uh, uh, another reading from Renee Brown and a prayer. But again, just to reiterate the homework. So find a place in your life where either you in the past have put the brakes on saying this is a little too risky, whether it's about making new friends, um, trying new social situations, whatever it is, and ask yourself, why am I doing that? For this week, uh, next week we'll get into more of the double dog dares and I'll, uh, I'll give you a harder assignment. For this week though, I just want you to look at it and ask yourself, why was I not open-hearted enough to give that a try? Make sense? All right, so quick uh, quote in closing and a prayer. Brene Brown says, simply, here's the, here's the guts of it, if we are brave enough, often enough, we will fall. 
This is the physics of vulnerability. When we commit to showing up and risking, we're actually committed to failing. Daring is not saying, I'm willing to risk failure. Daring is saying, I know that from time to time, I will fail, and it's okay. I'm still all in. And we soon have a new level of awareness about what it means to be brave. We can't fake it anymore. We now know that when we're showing up and when we're hiding out, when we're living our values, and we know also when we're not, our new awareness can be invigorating. It can reignite our sense of purpose and remind us of our commitment to wholeheartedness. Straddling the tension that lies between wanting to go back and moving forward brings us even greater courage. It's an inescapable part of rising strong. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. And what I know about this power, this strength, this goodness, is that it moves through me every day. That God's power is my power to use. And that anything that stands in the way of that is simply a figment of my own imagination. A mental block, as Ernest Holmes might call it. And so today, I release all of my mental blocks that might stand in the way of me exercising my authentic power. And as it is true for me, I know it can be true for each person uh, listening to my voice today, that each person here and beyond has the capability of removing anything that stands in the way of their own authentic power. That each person here can make good choices, even choices that sometimes feel a little risky, uh, expecting now and then to not do well at it, and it's okay. That there is, in the, in the eyes of God, simply the pleasure of moving forward and recognizing that change is good. That taking risks now and then is acceptable because it moves us closer to what we desire. It moves us closer to the divine pattern of perfection. So for this, for this I give great thanks. I release this prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. That law that always says yes, that law that is always for us, that universe that is always welcoming. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for being here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.com. .us/donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.